0: Take a look at a a man in the Bible. His name is Philip. Um, We don't hear too much about Philip. Um, I want to look at at an incident in his life and and see how we can learn from him and apply it to ourselves. Um, The first time we see Philip is in Acts, the sixth chapter. In Acts, the sixth chapter, the third verse, it says, Therefore the brethren... Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procorius, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. So what we see is that this man named Philip, the disciples were busy with ministering to the people and, and doing all the things they were taking care of, and so they needed help, and so they decided to pick seven men who could help with some of the affairs of the church and take care of uh, helping people and uh, the needs that they have. And one of those men was Philip. So we know that Philip, it says they picked men of good reputation, so Philip had a good reputation. It says they had to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So we can assume that Philip was that man and qualified for this for this position at this time. And we know that Philip then went on and he preached in Samaria. Now Samaria was a place where um, people were there who were looked down upon and uh, didn't have a good reputation. So that's where Philip went. And so Philip is spending his time in Samaria ministering to the people there. And then we run into Philip again in Acts 8.26. And now in the midst of all that he's been doing in Acts 8.26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. And he told him, he said, Arise, go to the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury had come to Jerusalem to worship. So it's interesting. Philip is in Samaria. I don't know how long he's been there, but he's been there a while and he's been, I'm sure, ministering, preaching to people and probably everything's going good. In the midst of that, an angel of the Lord comes and speaks to him and says, Philip, arise And I want you to go to this road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza and it was a desert. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a call that would appeal to you. You know, it doesn't sound like, Oh yeah, that was where I was thinking about going. You know, I was thinking about going to some road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza and it's a desert. You know, that's not exactly what you would, uh, desire probably in, in, a lot of us are in, in this situation for Philip. It may not even have made sense. I don't know if it makes sense. You know, leave, leave where you're at and go to a desert road. You know, it didn't say anymore. It just says, this is, this is what I want you to do. Just go down to this road. It's like, wow, what does that mean? What does that mean? But well, what we find is that Philip was obedient. Philip was obedient. One of the things I think for us as we look at this story, I think it's important for us to sometimes, you know, sometimes when we get, I don't know, maybe you'll have an angel speak to you, I'm not sure. You know, I don't think I ever have that I know of, not to a point where I go, wow, that was an angel. But by the same token, I think we need to be sensitive sometimes to maybe an urge or a sense of, you know, maybe I should go do this. And what I find is these things don't go away. You know, they don't go away. And when they don't go away, it's best just to do it. It's just best to say, you know what? I'm going to do that. Maybe somebody's name will come to you and you'll think about somebody or somebody will come to your your attention or you'll just think, wow, I wonder how so-and-so is doing or maybe I should give them a call. And if you're like me, your first thing when you hear that is, oh, I don't want to bother them. That's our first thing. Oh, they're probably busy. Oh, you know, I, I hate to, you know, I just find that when you get the urge, it's just best to just go ahead and do it. You know, if nothing else, just say hi, how you doing? And and if nothing goes anywhere, what have you? What have you heard? What have you hurt? But Philip he says, okay, he says I'm going to do this. So he was obedient to this, to this call, this voice, this angel that spoke to him. And when he when he goes. He finds a man, a man from Ethiopia, and this man is under the queen of Kand, the queen of the Ethiopians. So he finds this man who is in charge of a treasury of a queen, and he's riding in a chariot. And so now Philip goes up, and in verse twenty-eight he says, "And this man was returning from worship, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet." So here, here's this man. He's He's reading, Isaiah. he's got his Bible open and he's reading in his Bible. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him. Now, I don't know, your, I get a funny picture when I think about this. I don't know. I get a funny picture. I get a funny picture that says, go and overtake a chariot. Now, I don't know. You know, chariots got horses and they're running. I don't know how you overtake a chariot. But somehow, Philip must have ran up and got this guy's attention and they stopped I don't know if he ran fast enough to jump. I don't know. But I had funny pictures. But um, he, he had a sense of urgency that he needed to go and talk to this man. You know, he, he had that sense of, of urgency. And it says, so Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says, well, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Or of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, He preached Jesus to him. So what do we find? Here's a man who I believe God had already prepared. Okay, number one, God will prepare people. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that we can't come unless the Holy Spirit starts to work and draw us. And so here we find this man was being drawn. He's reading a scripture. He doesn't know what it means. But but there's something drawing him. So the man is already being prepared by the Lord. At that point, how important is it that Philip was obedient? God was preparing this man, and what did he need? He needed an obedient servant that's willing to go and share. You know, sometimes we have to be very careful that we we think, well, it's just us sharing. It's not just us sharing. It's the Holy Spirit working in people's hearts. But by the same token, if we don't go and share then who's going to teach or who's going to share the word? So we see both things working. The Holy Spirit's working in this man. He's reading the scripture. Philip obeys, and he says, you know, I'm going to go to this place, this desert, and he finds this man. The Holy Spirit's bringing it all together. The Holy Spirit's in charge of this whole situation. And so Philip comes, and what does Philip do? Philip now in verse 36, this is now as they went down the road, they came with some water. So as he's he's shared the scripture and as he's preached to him, he's made it something very clear. And so they came to some water, and the eunuch says, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said to him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. What do we find? Philip must have given a very clear message, a simple message. He says, what, he says, well, if you believe with all your heart. Now, you know, that's pretty simple. I don't know about you, but did you ever find yourself maybe making it way too complicated? Making it way too complicated? You know, the message is pretty simple. And I think for Christians, we have to be very careful that we don't complicate the message. And I realize there's a lot to the message, you know, it's, it's receiving Jesus and then there's obedience and discipleship and all the things we I know that, but you know, if they're at the point of just receiving him, we got to be careful. We don't overload them with all the rest, you know, the rest will come, but we have to just make the message very simple and very clear, very simple. And that's what Philip did. He made a very simple message. He says, if you believe with all your heart, you can be baptized. And the man said, well, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that. Very simple. Very simple. Maybe sometimes we're afraid to share the gospel because we think, well, I don't know everything. Well, How much do you need to know to say that? How much do you need to know? You know? Sometimes we forget that it's childlike faith. Childlike faith. Now, keep it simple. Keep it simple like you was sharing it with a child. Because sometimes I think it, it keeps us from sharing sometimes because we're afraid. We're afraid of what all might happen. I, always, I remember that time, and I've shared it before, about the man who was blind, you know, and they were fussing about, well, could Jesus heal him? Should he done it? You know, and they're having this big theological discussion, and the man says, I don't know. He goes, all I know is once I was blind and now I can see. How simple is that? You know, we have to be very careful that we don't make it so difficult that we're afraid to share. That we're afraid to share what the message is, that it's a very simple message. And so we see that, you know, this man was then baptized in verse thirty nine. It says now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. Huh. And he went on his way rejoicing. Boy, that's, that's such a, wow, what a scripture, you know? I don't know, they're out in the middle of a desert, so I would assume the Lord just took Philip away. Because, I mean, if you're out in the middle of a desert, you can't already sneak away. You know, you come up out of the water, it's not like, well, hey, I'm going to sneak off. He'll never know I'm left. Well, you know, there's nobody else around. You would see him go, and the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord took Philip away. And Philip was found in Azotus. So he, he was found in another place. What, a, what, an interesting, what an interesting thing. What I want you to see here is it looks to me like God spoke to Philip and God took him away from a place where he could have been ministering in a city, and a town to maybe lots of people. I don't know, some people. I don't know the numbers. But what I see here is that God took Philip and he sent him to a desert place for one person. One person. Think about that. Think about that. Took him from where he was to a place where he could share with just one person. You know, I think about the pregnancy center. You know, I thought about that. You know, they save one baby at a time. One baby at a time. And I believe in a lot of ways our message is one person at a time, unless you're Billy Graham or somebody that has an audience bigger, you know. And don't sell yourself short thinking, well, I can't share because I'm not Billy Graham or I'm not somebody who has a, you know. No, one person at a time. One person at a time. i like to turn to Matthew, the 18th chapter. And I believe this scripture just shows us a little bit of the heart of God. Matthew, the 18th chapter, the 11th verse. Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. He said, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek that one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that, sheep, over that one sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, is it not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish? Value. What's, what's the value? You know, the Scripture is saying, Jesus says, the value is one. The value is one. That is not out of God's plan to send somebody from a city to a desert for one. That is probably normal. That is probably normal, that God cares about individuals and one. And he wants to reach one. And so for us, I think sometimes we need to change our thinking. We need to change our thinking from thinking that, well, unless I get a crowd or unless there's a lot of people or but folks, it's one. What if I get one person to share with? Or who is that one person that I could share? with? Who is that one I believe all of us have one in our life. We all have one. There's somebody. There's somebody that we could share with. There's somebody that God is preparing their heart so that you could have a chance to share something with them. I believe as Christians, it's important for us to think about that and to pray. Pray about who is that one? I would would encourage you to say, Lord, show me two or three people that I could pray for. Now, be open to anything. You know, you could could go to a desert road. But, you know, pray for one. Lord, show me one person. I could pray for maybe three or four or five, but show me one. Show me, open a door. Show Show me somebody that I could share with. And here's what I think a lot of times happens. Not always, but a lot of times happens. Somebody that the Holy Spirit is preparing, that he's already working in their heart, they're going to show up on your path, and they're going to ask you a question. They're going to ask you a question. And it could be something like, I notice I notice you do this or that, right? I, I hear you go to church, or I hear you... I hear you talking about the Bible, or I hear, I see that you're different than the rest. I, there's a question. There's some kind of an open door that God's been already working in somebody's heart, and he's going to put them where you can share with them and open a door. Now, at that point, I think you listen. What's their question? What is it they want to know? I think a lot of times we need to find out what they want to know more than what we want to tell them. Because I found that sometimes what I want to tell people isn't what they want to know. And I just need to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's kind of guiding and directing. So my thing is, don't make it difficult. Don't make it difficult. I think sometimes we're afraid of making it difficult or it's going to be too hard. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. When they ask a question, try to answer their question. If they ask a question, you can say, well, this is, if you have some experience that you can share with them, say, well, this is how it worked or how I trusted God, or this is a scripture that meant something to me, or this is something that you can share with them simply, very simply. You know, Philip eventually said, you know, well, what you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus. Now, that's pretty simple. That's pretty simple. And I believe when God has prepared a heart, that's all it takes. What I find is when God prepares hearts, it's really simple. It's really simple. It just happens. But God wants to use us to share with one somewhere. I just encourage you to think about praying. Lord, show me that one. Show me that one. Now, if you get 10, don't turn them down. (laughs) You You know, wouldn't it be great to just start at one? Lord, show me one. We need to see the value of one, the value of that one person. Because I want to tell you, And you think about it, you know, with the pregnancy center, sharing to save one life puts the value in just one. It puts the value in one. You know, God so loved the world, but I believe he loves the world one at a time. Yes, he loves the world, but, you know, better than that, he loves me. One. You know. And we need to have that value. You know, not just, not just, you know, the value of life. And the value of life starts as a baby in the womb, and it goes till the grave. That value is there. That value is there no matter what. And we need to see that value. And we need to know that some of those folks in the world are lost. Some of them are looking for something. And they may not even know what they're looking for. You know, sometimes you can be looking and not even know what you're looking for. But they're looking for an answer. They're looking for an answer to everything that's going on. They're looking for an answer. Why, why, why? Or I'm scared. I'm scared. I believe a lot of people are scared right now. I think, I think people have a sense of kind of scare. What's going on? What's going to happen? What could happen? There's a sense of uneasiness. And I believe as Christians, we have a simple message of hope and salvation. And we need to be willing to share that. We need to be willing to share that. So I encourage you, you know, pray about it. Pray about it. Start to be sensitive to what people are saying around you. Listen to what they're saying. And then don't be afraid to keep it simple and share the message that God loves them. God loves them. Because I believe when people receive him, then I believe they will continue to grow. You know, and then we need to encourage them. We need to be there for them. You know, we need to continue. We don't just, you know, well, okay, they're okay now. They've accepted Jesus. No, we need to continue. Continue. The Bible says we're to make disciples. It's, it's not just, it's a continual process, and we need to keep doing it. We need to stick with them. So I just pray that the Lord would speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. The value of just one. And he'll put that one in your path. He'll put that one in your path. You know. I, I don't, you know, and if anybody gets an angel, comes and talks to them, let me know. I've, I'd be really excited. But I'm not saying it can't happen. I just, that would be exciting. But probably it's going to be just a nudge. And, and you don't be careful and don't miss it because it's usually pretty quiet. It's just a still, small voice a lot of times that says, you know, what about so-and-so? Or maybe just pay attention to who comes across your path. Just pay attention to what they're asking or just how they're maybe struggling with life. And then just be willing to give them a very simple answer that believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would just speak to our hearts. Lord, just help us never to forget the value of one. Lord, that it's just one at a time that people come to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be willing to share that simple message with those around us. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would prepare hearts, and that we would be ready to share when the opportunity arises. Lord, help us each to know that we can be used by you, that we can share with those around us that come in contact with us. So, Lord, just help us to be ready and willing to share what you've done for us. Thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray if anyone this morning needs prayer, um, anything they're struggling with, you'd encourage them to come up and and let uh, the, the team pray with them up front. I pray that you just uh, be with the Pregnancy Center. Lord, just continue to bless them and use them. Lord, I pray if anyone has a question about the Pregnancy Center, you'd help them to just uh, go back and talk to Katie in the back. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you that we can serve you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.